Hey friends, welcome to the second season of So What Makes You Come Alive podcast, inspiring conversations with everyday humans like you about what lights them up. We're your hosts, Gabe the Girl and Michaela McGee. And this season, we're continuing to explore what it would look like to take ownership of and change the narratives of our lives to live a life fully alive. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another beautiful episode of So What Makes You Come Alive. We are super excited to have a guest on today. We have Mark, and I'm going to let Gabe do a little intro. Hey, everybody. Gabe the Girl here. So excited to introduce this guest today. Um, He's one of the most joyful people that I have met um, in the last couple years. Um, Mark Fossager. Am I saying your last name correctly? You did really well. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, I'm always saying it incorrectly. So I was like, oh my gosh, I did not even practice this before we got rolling. So (laughs) I hope I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to go against my initial instinct and I'm going to, I'm going to roll with the other one. And and it was, it was great. So um, Mark actually works for the same nonprofit organization that I work for. um, And um, that nonprofit um, is called One Collective. It's located in Chicago, Illinois. And before I get into too many more details about Mark or what he does or who he is, I'm going to let Mark do the introduction himself. Yeah, thank you, Gabe and Michaela. Uh, this is fun being here. That's that's in itself was a fun fact. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, accountant. Then I, I worked overseas in the Congo. I was a treasurer at a medical center, had malaria several times, came back and I was a pastor for 11 years. And then now I've been working with this nonprofit. Uh, one collective for 20 years, which freaks me out because I've never oh, lived nice. anywhere or had like the same basic employer for that long. Yeah. But um, I really do love what I do. I get to listen to people's stories and help like nudge them or coach them forward if it makes sense to do that. Mm-hmm. And I always try to do it with, it. there's always fun involved. There's always like, um, there's always encouragement and, and like a challenge too in it. Uh, challenging them and but yeah so I have five kids and three grandkids so how's that yeah awesome you look surprised Gabe (laughs) no I just I I didn't realize that you had three grandchildren already Mm -hmm. goodness that's awesome you're a grandpa Mark yes I am I love it how cool I also I don't think I realized that you had five kids as well that's awesome oh yeah Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Have you always lived in like the Chicago area or? Yeah, great question. So no, um, I am from Wisconsin uh-huh. and I can say this, uh, that one of the really fun things about the fall season is being a Packer fan in Northern <laughs> Illinois. This is like Chicago. And so, cause the Packers <laughs> are always kind of like, you know, messing with the bears and almost always winning, but, um, yeah, so I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. Very cool. Nice. nice. And then I, I just have one other question yeah. about, like that came from your introduction. Um, of all of the places that you have visited all over the world, um, what have been maybe your your top couple places that you've visited that you're like, yeah, this mm. this is an amazing place. Wow. Yeah. Um I'll mention two. One is our family on our first ever family vacation. Uh, our family, when we were living in the Congo, uh, so like middle eighties, we took our first family vacation to the East coast of Africa, 
uh, at Mombasa, Kenya, on the Indian Ocean. Mm. Unbelievable. $49 a night, all-inclusive. <laughs> that, that was years ago, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, the other place I'm going to call out is in also in Africa. It's in the little town of Ganubi, South Africa, where the Ganubi River enters and flows into the Indian Ocean. Oh my gosh, the, the, such a shallow place. It's like it's like a sandbar and the water's going back and forth. I had an incredibly happy mental health experience there. It was just so great. How's that? Yeah, how's that? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. Now I'm going to have to go look these places up. Right? Yeah. And like maybe start saving up for a vacation of my own. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> truly, truly. I mean, travel makes me come alive. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And with that, oh, yes. Mark, we'd really love to hear about um, what makes you come alive. What are some of the things that light you up? Well, we're kind of already there, landing on the topic of travel. Mm -hmm. um, I, I remember going to the Congo. We first went to Switzerland to study French. And I just have these memories standing at the train station waiting for our luggage in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, a really long layover somewhere. And I love, therefore, I love long layovers. Seeing the African sun come up, uh, the sunrise on the flight from, you know, Switzerland down to Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. Uh, but it's more like these experiences that have so um uh, affected me and i just love it I, yeah that that's a start that's really beautiful i love the picture that you paint there mm. of like watching the sunrise while you're on a plane mm. standing in a train station that's probably hustling and bustling with multiple languages being spoken around yeah, you yeah like those those are such unique experiences that really do shape our lives and I think that for some people that's just like that's the mundane that's what what we do day to day and for other people choosing to see the beauty in those moments and letting mm. that really light you up like yeah. that's the life that you live with such intention that's what's so inspiring like I mean I I love hearing these stories it makes me want to hop on a plane again <laughs> yeah it's and it's become a um it's become a real passion for me mm -hmm. to think of that next possible trip uh, does something for the mental health. It's yeah, it's there. It's in me. You mentioned a little bit about um, how you get to make these travels for work. How did you come about or, or what was tell us about blending the thing that makes you come alive and the thing that you do for a living? Like, tell us a little <laughs> bit more about that. So this job that I'm in, actually, when I decided to take it, one of the things on the job description was two international trips a year. And so, oh my gosh, how, how would I say no to that? Now, right? now for various reasons, that's not, that's not in the current job description, but I still manage to travel. And so I think the increased travel has led to a love of cultures and languages and people. And those just merge together because the work I do is with people and when I get to travel to go meet them, like I did a few months with you, Gabe, and other people in Spain, yeah. I um, it, it's a marriage of some really beautiful things. Oh, I love that so much. I love the way that you have been able to 
blend that into your day to day, your nine to five, your 40 hour a week. Like we spend so much time at work. And if we're not doing something that lights us up on a day-to-day basis, then what are we really doing? Yeah. I find myself asking that question, not not just of myself, but like of people in general so yeah. often. So I'm curious to know, like, what is it that actually inspires you and encourages you to, to live a life that fully lights you up, that makes you feel fully alive? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to um, this this one uh, book I read recently. It's it's called Deep South, and it's by mm-hmm. Paul Thoreau, and he says that travel is a form of escape, uh, and travel itself, the elemental farewell, becomes the fugitive fantasy of a new life, traveling travel inspiring a sense of hope and. I, you know, there's, I mean, obviously so much in that statement, Mm -hmm. but it really did speak to me. And I'm going to go a place, go to a place here that you didn't ask me about, but you know, when we went to the Congo in, in the middle eighties, I, I subconsciously wondered at the time if I wasn't trying to escape. Mm -hmm. So I was going as a form of escape. I didn't know what that was about then, but years later through therapy and understanding my story of, of some uh, abuse as a child, I have always been subconsciously looking for that next way out, that next way to escape. And so, um, but I, I flip that and go on these trips, which bring hope and new opportunities. But but there's inside of me, there's a trigger that that is... I'm kind of always wanting to get away. Does that make sense? That that does resonate quite deeply with me. And I feel like mm. you might not even realize it, but I do feel like that answered the question, like that that mm. could have been the inspiration was maybe some deep subconscious response to just wanting to get away. And yet yeah. in those moments, it's not just about escaping. It's mm. seeing the hope that travel provides that being yeah. in these new cultures can bring. Yeah. That's right. Now I just want to go to Africa and like hear Mark's voice in my head. This is is the experience that I had here. Tell me, let me tell you all about this. So what will happen with me is, so I'll I'll be reading something or I'll, yeah, I'll learn something new and I'll go, oh my goodness, the dots are connecting here. And this just happened with me. I'm just going to go here. Um, So I read recently about, I read a book about the discovery discovery by a white white british person of lake victoria in in the middle of africa okay and in that story they talk a lot about the island of zanzibar off also off the east coast of africa and the slave trade that was a significant location for the slave trade and so i i love the issue of like social justice and all, all of that stuff so so all of the dots connected and so i've been thinking for about six weeks and it's in my notes here somewhere I have to go to Zanzibar. I have to go to this, mm. this island. And, and so what happens for me is I then, uh, of course, I go on orbits and, and check and see, okay, what can this trip possibly look like? And so I'm planning it in my mind. And I, there's, there's joy already in the preparation of, of the trip. You mentioned a little bit about noticing the escapism that could have been there um, in, in, you know, traveling and, and getting away. But I, I love the 
awareness also that you have to like, okay, this is probably part of it, but then also there's this other part of it that really I love and that is inspiring to me. And it, it feels, at least for me in, in hearing that, it feels like kind of redemptive. I'm getting away, but there's a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm gleaning something beautiful, mm. even though I'm going, even yeah. though I'm, you know, this, this is my tendency. Like mm-hmm. you have the awareness, but then also there's something really cool about you being able to be like, but this is also how this is redeemed in my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it sounds like you've had um, challenges in your life that you've had to overcome as you mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that you have faced? Yeah, I identified three. Um, The first one is uh, just uh, money. You know, Um, if I I had no limitations with funding, I would be, um, my favorite meme is, um, if travel was free, bye. You know, it's like, (laughs) I'm gone already. Um, So that's that's a hindrance. Uh, Another one is I do have a family. We do have, I, I have a wife and I have a son who still lives with us. And so there are needs there. So I can't just leave that. And the other one is um, when you come back from travel, um, sometimes people don't get, and maybe they really can't get the depth of what you have experienced, especially if you're overseas or somewhere for a, an extended period of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we were in Africa, I came back and I remember sitting with this one family and we had been in Africa for four years. And I remember five minutes into the conversation, they were asking, oh, did you see any wild animals there? And and it was like it was like there was no and that's fine as a question, but there's no mm-hmm. sense of of the experience that you have lived. So coming back mm-hmm. from travel, that that's a that can be a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have definitely, I think Michaela and I both have probably (laughs) experienced that um, multiple times in in our lives, you know, having both lived abroad. um, And this is actually just a conversation that I had with some of the interns that we had here this summer was, Mm. you know, about their return um, after being here for several months and having experienced what they've experienced and I think even at that age, um, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be any, any age you are, no matter where you're going and then returning from, but Mm. especially for them, you know, their parents are used to, um, you know, them as like teens, you know, and and they come back from college or they come back from this abroad experience. And, and it's almost like the family that knows you doesn't quite understand the fullness of, Mm. of how you've grown or changed or your, your eyes have been opened. Um, and it's, it's difficult to, to communicate that or, or to share that with them. Um, not being able to just like take them there with you and be like, Oh, this and that, and this like really changed my heart about you know, mm-hmm. this people group or, you know, yeah. the world. And um, so how how have you navigated those conversations um, with people upon your return from various places and experiences? Yeah, I, I, I try to be patient and understanding of the fact that there is that gap in, first of all, the interest in the, the country or the location I went to, and then just the, maybe the, the lack of, natural ease with which they have they have a lack because they might not know what questions to ask and so I think a lot of patience and a lot of accepting of 
the reality that they may never full and likely will never fully understand the depth of of what it, what it meant for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that can be extremely challenging. I I feel like I've had that experience so many times and not just like yeah. returning after traveling or living abroad, but um, there's just, there's so much that goes on within our own experience of life, you know, within our head and our heart that we can never fully communicate. And I so wish that I could just put my hand on somebody else and allow for them to like mm. download what my experience was. But yeah, I think that's also part of the human experience. It's like, I'm yeah. having a completely unique experience as are you, Mark, and you, Gabe, and every single one of our listeners is having a completely unique spiritual experience on this planet Earth. And yet we do get to connect with each other. And I think that it's it's so good when we do lean into what makes us come alive because that then gets to be such an inspiration to other people. Like, we might have a bunch of listeners right now who have no desire to go travel anywhere, least of all Africa, you know, <laughs> but like, and yet, and yet I know that it's because you share your story that they will be inspired, that we will all be inspired. And I think it's so good when we do overcome the challenges, like hearing how difficult it is to re-enter and you know, go through reverse culture shock and everything like that has never stopped me from wanting mm -hmm. to go back mm -hmm. out and travel. Yeah. So like, yeah. how do we incorporate that, like overcoming the challenges in that way? What is it about this travel experience that has helped you overcome this, this known travel or this known challenge of like, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to come back and like mm -hmm. go through this again. Mm-hmm. I never um, think of that that challenge of returning. I never that never enters my consciousness as I am anticipating a possible new trip. And I'm grateful for that because that could be debilitating, maybe. Yeah. But I I simply th this interest and curiosity. And, and, you know, I'm an Enneagram four. So I'm always like, oh man, what am I missing? What am I, what are, what's, what's next? What's out there? Oh, shoot. Uh, and my, my, our son who's autistic, he'll say, he'll say thing, he'll pull things just out of the air. He'll say, dad, why didn't we go to see the Millers in Minneapolis in August of 2019? You know, uh, it's just out of the blue. Or he'll say, he'll say, dad, why haven't we gone to Massachusetts yet? Why haven't we gone to, why don't we go to Idaho, dad? You know, just, and so he's right. Right. There are all these kinds of places where we could go. And so my curiosity and just my natural interest is far more powerful than the the recognition ahead of time uh, of uh, people not being able to identify that. that that's kind of a, just a point of sadness that I know will come, but I've learned to, like my wife, so here's the amazing thing. My wife is is amazing. She is um, very, she's an Enneagram five. So she's like always, she's about the research and learning and investigating. Tell me about your trip. She's always very interested. I'm so grateful for that. That's one of the best ways mm -hmm. we connect. Um, so that that actually helps with the re-entry. Actually, just thought of that now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really cool. And I think that that's something that can apply to so many people. Like surround mm -hmm. yourself with people who will be there in support of these inevitable challenges. Yeah. yeah. When they come up. Yeah, that's good. Truly. Wow.
those are the people you can tell your dreams to mm. and mm. they're going to be right there next to you checking in mm-hmm. being like hey yeah. have you taken another step towards that are mm. you like are you doing things that are lighting you up are you are you taking full advantage of of the opportunities in front of you and how can i help you to overcome some of those obstacles that are in your way mm. um how can i encourage you even like even yeah. if they can't like you know actively be there to help you overcome those obstacles but yeah. i think the thing that stuck out to me from what you just said that kind of is going to sit with me for a while is the like that the inspiration was that much greater mm. to you and more powerful in your life than the challenges that were there that you allowed the inspiration and and the yeah. love for for traveling and visiting these people groups and yeah. you know meeting people from diverse cultures and engaging with the world to be something in your life that was that much more powerful than the mm. challenges that you would have to face or overcome yeah. Ah, yeah. Right. So good. Yeah. Yeah. That well, well said, Gabe. There's another book I'll mention. Um, it's called The Art of Travel by um, what's his name? Alan DeBotton. And he I, I learned in this book the three three parts of travel as he describes it: anticipation, experience, and the memories. Mm-hmm. So for me, the anticipation, I hope it's okay we go here. The, the yes, anticipation. Anticipation is like for for a long time that has been the very favorite part of travel for me. It's not even doing it; it's the anticipation. I I get on the websites. I go, you know, everything is. I, I'm. It's almost like when I go on the trip, I have already experienced it. But of course, that's not quite true. But then you experience it, and for me, the most beautiful thing about the actual experience of travel, it was well, the cultures, the languages, everything that's different. Um, eating those beautiful pashte, whatever it is in uh, Portugal, those little pies they make, uh, oh, really yeah. sweet, like custard pies. Anyway, um, it is, is the people, is seeing people, hearing their stories, their hard things, their challenges, that it, that's, that's actually the scales are, are tipping so that the experience of travel is almost now becoming like equal or maybe even more, you know, like, great for me than the anticipation and then the memories are like um i'll put some stuff on social media and then i'm kind of on to the next next trip you know so um so actually that the fact that anticipation is such a big thing for me i think really helps me to keep any future sadness upon my return at bay if that makes sense totally that's awesome it really does oh my gosh well, I feel like there have been a lot of golden nuggets of wisdom that you've shared throughout this conversation. Like there's definitely a lot of stuff. I'm going to have to re-listen to this multiple times and actually take notes, <laughs> not just like <laughs> sit and be engaged in conversation. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to know what piece of encouragement or nugget of wisdom can you give to anybody who really desires to live a life that fully lights them up? Yeah. I, I think it would be simply to pay attention to maybe a couple of things, pay attention to those things that really you, you really are lit up by pay attention to them. It's not always obvious or clear, 
what those things are in people. Um, just pay pay attention. And, and then secondly, kind of related to that, as you sense like, an, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. Uh, oh, oh, look at that. There's this little pattern in my life. Pay attention to it, but then own it. And like, and it's okay to really own it. Like this travel passion that I have, I've, I've had it for a number of years, but it has like blossomed in the last three or four years. So it's becoming a larger thing for me that 15 years ago, I did it and I enjoyed it. And it was fun, but it's like, it's developed into this thing that it's, it's not overtaken me, <laughs> um, but it's become a really, a really significant, passionate part of my life. And, and that's okay. That's okay. So pay attention to the things that might bubble up. And then as those emerge, recognize them and maybe encourage their growth and own it. Oh my gosh. Own it. So good. Own yeah. what brings you joy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I also like the whole, like, give it, give, give it time to blossom. Like mm -hmm. it might not be obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really cool. I do like that so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Mark. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. I can't believe so much time has passed so quickly. I know. I feel like we could just keep talking about this forever <laughs> and ever. Uh -huh. Um yeah. there's so many great paths we could take. Um, yeah. But thank are. you so much for your time. And um, thank you for, you know, bringing your story to the table mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sharing with our audience about the things that light you up. And mm -hmm. um, to all of our listeners, we're so glad that you tuned in today. Um, if you desire to get in touch with Mark, um, we will be sure to get you in touch with him. Um, and you can find us on YouTube, Anchor, Facebook, Instagram. If you have questions for Mark, drop them in the comments and Instagram or Facebook. We'll make sure he sees them. Or you can email us at thrivefullyalive at gmail.com. Mm. And until next time, I'm Gabe the Girl. And I'm Michaela. Thank you so much. <laughs> this was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and we will um, see you next time. Yes. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to So What Makes You Come Alive. We're so inspired by the conversations we get to have with everyday humans about what lights them up and how to love the story they're living. We hope that you feel just as inspired too. Interested in getting in on the inspiration? Click the link in our Instagram bio, at Thrive Fully Alive, and select the option for The One About You, Be Our Guest. Remember to tune in each week for a new episode where we explore what it looks like to get back to living our best story, where we hope that your favorite story becomes your own.